Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is July 8th, 2020. And it's going to be a pretty wild ride for all of you here today because we are going to go through some stuff that I don't think a lot of people have been paying attention to. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot going on in the background and uh, reaching out on the internet. Hey, has anyone ever found the yays or nays of this voice vote? And people are, well, it's a voice vote. It's fast and furious and you're not going to get it. Wait a minute. Stop. Yeah, that'll happen if they're not in session. Stop. That'll happen if, uh, you know, they're not present and they just want to make it quick. And sometimes they'll do it in person. But they were in session that day. They had other things that they were voting on. And if it was going to be so quick, you know, why not document? I mean, we do know that um, at that time, uh, we should have kind of had the upper hand. So the question is, our Senate... Select Committee on Intelligence is the reason we are here today. Now, um, putting it in writing with pictures and beautifying it is, um, well, I thought one of them would have been up by now, but I think it's going to be after the show. There's three of them. But I'm going to walk my listeners through all of it because you need to see what it is. I give you the facts and you take it as you want. That's the way it always is. Uh, and I never ask questions that I don't always know the answer to. Uh, prior to coming on air, I was having a quick conversation with Scott because believe it or not, we're still having problems on our radio airwaves, uh, still having issues uh, in regards to um, being able to connect to our radio systems. But um, Scott Adams is the best and always finds a way to fix things, which is great. Now, where do we start today? And I think we need to just leave the mainstream media, do their mainstream media BSing thing while we focus on things that are more important, which is what and how did this all start? And we did see Chuck Grassley pretty much make it clear. No, 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 no. We're not going to wait till after the election to get people on. And in uh, little boxes, we are going to do it before because people want to see things happen. Aside from the different IIAs, interactive internet activities that we are seeing from both sides, which I condone either way. There's never a good IIA. Why do you have to reality hack someone in order to guide them into the pen? And you know, it sucks because I kind of have to do it too um, in a sense that I'm giving you little by little Rather than just, you know, throw it all up. Because sometimes when you just put it all out there, uh, no one, no one is going to listen. It, you can't throw a brick at someone's face and accept them to be like, hey, thanks for that. Uh, that doesn't happen. So I just want you guys to know today you're going to find out um, where the Russia hoax originated, where location, like physical location. I know we're talking downer, misfit, this, that. Those were appendages. This is where the real psyops, this is where the real, uh, you know, uh, facts are exposed, right? You see the psyop, you see the facts, you see the glitter, the gold, the perfume, you know, like back in the, in the ages where we didn't have windows, 
or or hot running water, right? People used to put a lot of perfume so you don't smell, you know, their stench. So we're going to eradicate that perfume. We're going to neutralize the perfume and see it for what it is and try to understand why everything that's going on today makes complete sense. So um, before we start, before we start that, which will be a walk through some insane things, I want to play the first couple of minutes of Secretary Pompeo's conference today on the heels of, hey, we're officially pulling out of the who? See ya. And the UN must be trembling in its boots. But even though they're trembling in their boots, I'm going to tell you now, our legislators actually are funding. They are literally funding over 140 cities to defund the police. Did you hear that? They are funding them. So these radical jihadis in office, these radical Democrat socialists, these communists like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she is like, you know what? The person who created her, no offense, right? I don't like, listen, I don't like the work she does. I don't like what she represents. I hate it. But guess what? Whoever created her was a genius. I mean, they took someone so thick, dumb as rocks and put her on this platform. And she actually has convinced herself that she's smart and that she knows what she's talking about, which is even crazier. I mean, how can you bloat an empty head like that? And they think they're standing. But before we get into this full expose, full expose, names, dates, time, what happened? And some oddities, you know, president's like, I nominate so-and-so. And then president's like, I don't nominate. I'm withdrawing my nomination. Yet they not only go through the confirmation hearings, but they get confirmed. So I'm just like, hmm, how'd that happen? So we're going to talk about that because records are records and those are facts. They're not opinions. They're documented, entered into official records. So you have to say, well, hold on a second. What's going on here? You know, well, while we're sitting here thinking about it, you know, <laughs> withdrew, but yet not only hearings happen, but confirmed. I've been talking about him. You're going to see him coming into the picture. Anyway, let's just listen to Pompeo first and foremost. Uh, here in just a little bit as well. I think we'll have a great set of meetings over at the White House later on today. Uh, on Monday, Egypt released U.S. citizen Mohammed Amashra, who had been detained since March of 2019. Mohammed is one of many Americans President Trump's administration has worked tirelessly to get back home. And we thank Egypt for securing his release and his repatriation. But at the same time, we urge Egyptian officials to stop unwarranted harassment of U.S. citizens and their families who will remain there. I want to start today with the Chinese Communist Party. As with all unelected communist regimes, Beijing fears its own people's free thinking more than any foreign foe. We were deeply troubled to learn this week that the CCP detained Xu Zhanren for criticizing General Secretary Xi Jinping's repressive regime and the CCP's mishandling of the COVID-19 pandemic. He should be released. He was simply telling the truth. He should be released as soon as possible. I'll repeat a theme I've been talking about for months. The CCP has an enormous credibility problem. They failed to tell the world the truth about this virus. 
Now hundreds of thousands of peoples all across the world are dead. We need the truth. We still need the truth. We need to open up. We need to engage in a serious way with scientists around the world. And they now say they're going to allow the WHO to come in. That's great. But the WHO needs to be free to do its real work. We need to make sure the right people are there. Whoa. That, let's skip forward. Just listen to it. We're not going to analyze Pompeo. We're just going to listen right now, okay? We're not going to analyze. We're only going to listen. And I'm just putting on specific areas of what we need to listen to, okay? That's all we need to do. That's exactly what we need to do. In Indonesia, to new ISR platforms for NATO ally France, to increased infantry mobility in the striker platform for Argentina, the United States is meeting the high demand for our allies and partners for American gear to defend their nations. We're strengthening our security partnerships, building capacity, and supporting the American manufacturing base. And now turning to Africa, we're making progress in helping Sudan's transition to a more democratic and peaceful way of life. At the Sudan Partnership Conference back on June 25th, the United States announced it will provide $356.2 million to support the Sudan democratic transition. Okay, that's another thing we needed to listen to. I'm just putting this out there so we can re-listen to it later. These are just important things that um, we should just listen to. Or deliver. Um, I'm not going to talk about the second question. Uh, well, with respect to the first one, uh, the, we provided notice yesterday to Capitol Hill of our intent to withdraw from the World Health Organization, something we had talked about. and uh, We had communicated to Congress, even in the informal process, that this was our intention, the President. Uh, we, we formally did that from the State Department yesterday, consistent with the President's guidance. Uh, we will work with Congress with respect to the appropriated funds. We'll, we'll get it right. But the president's made very clear. We are not going to underwrite an organization that has historically been incompetent and not performed its fundamental function. There, There's a real focus on the failures that took place around Wuhan and the World Health Organization's fundamental inability to perform its basic core mission of preventing a global pandemic spread. But don't forget the history. This is an institution that got it wrong on SARS, that got it wrong on Ebola. The United States had to create its own system. Yep, that's all we needed to listen to there. So let's see. There's one more that we need to get going. Let me just find the right piece. This is important that we listen to this part too. Care records. We want to make sure that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't have a way to easily access that. And so what you'll see the administration do is take actions that preserve and protect that information and deny the Chinese Communist Party access to the private information that belongs to Americans. We have a, it's a big project because we've got partners all around the world where infrastructure crosses uh, Chinese technology and then comes to the United States. So uh, one should think about this as a project of real scale and real importance. We, we must get this right. The infrastructure of this next 100 years must be a communications infrastructure that's based on a Western ideal of private property and protection of private citizens' information in a transparent way. That is not the model that Chinese Communist Party software and hardware companies are engaged in. 
You mean that's not the model that we created when we created China, right? Now, um, here's where we're going to, this is going to be my segue into explaining to you the uh, whole defund the police, uh, and then we're getting to the core of the Russia dossier. It's taking way too long right to hear it from them so you're going to hear it from me uh the facts that are not out there the importance and who's responsible for the russia hoax see this russia hoax would not have been able to stand if the deep state the globalist cabal the mafia this fourth unelected branch of government wasn't in the White House, surrounding our president, in the Department of Justice, and in our Senate, of course, and Congress. See, all of us seem to think, well, we've got a Republican-controlled Senate. Right now, we've got President Trump calling them out. Right now, they're worried about re-election in a couple years, right? They're worried about that because it comes in the middle. And this is where we shift. You're going to see that shift We're going to get rid of them, if not impeach them, because people are going to come down to your office, Senator, and physically remove you and tell you you're out. I'm sitting at your desk. See ya. Treat them as citizens. So uh, those are some of the issues that were discussed. So we're talking about uh, right now we're going to listen to Attorney General Barr and Tim Scott, Senator Scott, discussing efforts to defund the police. Attorney General, we're at a delicate point in our nation's history when it comes to racial issues. What do you think leaders... The audio is so bad. ...that get us past this to help us move forward and be a better nation? I think we have to avoid extremes and recognize that it's a question of prudence and balance. Basically, uh, as I see it, uh, the the... We need a police force. We need these institutions to provide peace and security in society, to allow our lives to to flourish. At the same time, whenever you have that kind of institution, you have the possibility of abuse. And so you have to put reins and checks in place to make sure that these institutions that are designed to protect the community don't themselves become oppressive. And it's a question of striking the right balance. The police have, we, we need to support the police so they're out there protecting the community. Uh, but by the same time, we have to be uh, sure that there aren't these abuses. And it's striking a balance. It's not defunding the police or doing away with the police or demonizing the police. Uh, nor is it making, uh, giving short shrift to the legitimate concerns that are out there uh, about police abuses and overreach. Uh, so I think we have to strike a balance here. Attorney General, speaking on that, the defund police movement, one of their chief criticisms or suggestions is not necessarily to get rid of the police, of course, but to ask them to do less and bring in more social workers to respond to stuff like domestic situations where a call can go wrong and somebody could get killed by. Wait a minute. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, we don't want to defund the police. We just want to bring more social workers. You know, the social workers that are childless, the ones that, you know, uh, have obvious effects of, you know, severe uh, reality dysmorphia. Right. Have you seen the people that go get an MSW these days? Seriously, they're all coming in from, you know, a feminist, a degree in feminism 
or gender studies and then they go into MSWs. This is ridiculous. We're not going to have clowns like that coming in when, you know, some guy decides to pound on a woman or when a woman is terrified with her children. Because then the social worker comes in, takes the woman's kids, helps the woman, but they take their kids. You know, this is how they find solutions, right? By tearing up the, 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 the only family that children have when domestic violence occurs. And domestic violence comes in all shapes and forms, physical, psychological, et cetera, right? So, uh, you know, uh, CPS is one of the leading uh, child trafficking organizations in our nation right now that's doing it in our face above bar. And the thing is, they're doing it at hospitals too. Medical kidnap happens all the time, but you know, genetics and all is just a rubbish type theory. Missing children that are so highly specific. No one's talking about the increase in missing children lately. How many of you are getting all these uh, Amber alerts? And you're usually getting the ones where the parent runs away with the kid rather than, hey, my kid's been kidnapped. Right. And do we really trust the National Service for Exploited and Missing Children when the person that sits at the board was has changed their name, but was the same person that the Clintons used to usher them into the Dominican Republic to La Romana Airport to fly them out to wherever? Is that the, 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 the structure that we need to keep our kids safe? Come on, please. So here we go to the defunding of the police and what is really going on. Because what's bizarre is that we actually have legislation that was passed in the House, in the House, that is paying for NATO mercenaries to come and sit in over 40 cities of the United States. They are pushing, the United Nations has actually pushed it. Uh, back in 2004 about standards and practice of the police. Uh, this, this has been a plan. See, there was a plan. So if they had a plan and they're on track, you better know that there was a counter plan. A reaction. There's an equal and opposite reaction. So uh, I want you guys to listen to um, a speech, right, uh, that was done on a bill. Um, it was the bill number is HR 7120. And he said, I cannot support the attempt to federalize local police department, which moves us further down a slippery slope. I fear we are already on. This, uh, this is from last month. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Thirteen years ago, I partnered with California State Senate Democrats in advocating for an Open Records Act for complaints against police officers. Uh, five years ago, I co-sponsored Hank Johnson's Stop Militarizing the Police Act. This year, I co-sponsored Justin Amash's legislation to end qualified immunity for public officials. So if the majority was seeking bipartisan support for police reform, they would have had it. If they had sought consultation, compromise, and cooperation, if they'd reached across the aisle, they would have found many sincere allies among Republicans. My views on law enforcement were shaped years ago when I had the honor to work for the former Los Angeles police chief, Ed Davis. His approach to law enforcement proved highly effective. While crime increased dramatically across the rest of the country during those years, in Los Angeles, under Chief Davis, it came down. He believed in the policing principles of Sir Robert Peel, that the police are simply an extension of the community. 
Uh, Chief Davis believed that, and he practiced it. He introduced Neighborhood Watch, enlisting citizens to work in partnership with the police. He introduced the basic car plan that matched patrol officers with individual neighborhoods so that they would become a familiar, recognized, and trusted presence in those neighborhoods. I believe the closer we adhere to these principles, the more effective law enforcement will become and the fewer abuses we will see. Major parts of this bill move us closer to these principles, including the need to open police records of misconduct, the restriction of no-knock warrants, the restriction of transfers of military hardware to local police departments, and the encouragement of police cameras. If these provisions were presented as standalone bills, I, I think many would pass with significant bipartisan support. But by rolling them into a bill that imposes a ideological laundry list of operational restrictions and procedures upon every police department in the country, it makes this bill unwise, unworkable, and unsupportable. Worse, it ignores the most serious problem we face, the protection of bad cops by collective bargaining agreements that makes it all but impossible to fire them. Policing is a uniquely community-based function. New York, New York, and Auburn, California are very different places with very different needs and challenges and standards. Running and micromanaging every local police department is far beyond our competence or authority. Well, they're not looking to do that. This was an excellent speech, but they were not looking. This bill actually passed, okay, in, uh, in, at the end of June. It passed. It's called H.R. 7120. They kind of coined it George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020. Let me tell you what this does. This is identical to the agreements that some Native American chiefs have signed with the United Nations. This bill has no sunset clause, right? So it doesn't end. It just keeps going. Has no cap on how much money. They start with funding them with billion, a billion bucks, and it just keeps going and going and going. And they create the police to be a military unit that includes snipers, barricaders, uh, and all, and all, and UN troops are inserted too. So this is part of the uh, NATO agreement, right? This is something that President Bill Clinton started back in 97 when he gave birth to that idea. Well, it was actually his wife. We know that he was just a safety pin, a pervert, a rapist that was a front for her. Right. We all know that. I mean, Obamacare was Clinton care. <laughs> Did we forget the Clinton care program in 92? <laughs> it's like what? So this is basically how they come in and we have troops on our street everywhere. Right. If Joe Biden is president, he'll sign President Trump. There's no way he is going to sign it. There is no way. The U.N. had themselves. Remember, I've been talking about the U.N. They have targeted over 40 cities, 46 to be exact, back in 2004, where they wanted to push the law to maintain diplomatic immunities in places and put it all out. Now, this would do a few things. First, it would give complete immunity to all UN troops. Second, Bill Barr would never, ever leave. He would be forever and ever and ever in office with no supervision. 
I remind you that William Barr is CIA. I remind you that he was Bush Sr.'s right-hand man. I hope you are paying attention. Now, you should all go and read this bill. Start pulling your hair out and making phone calls. Because, see, no one talks about anything, ever. The grants and the money that's going to be coming is going to be done by the AG, who, by the way, can't get fired. He has uh, an open wallet. I mean, and a billion dollars starts off. Uh, for every year from 2021 through 2023 uh, and whatever they see fit going on. This is how they go. Now, in the bill, they don't tell you, oh, the United Nations is totally coming in or anything. In the bill, it doesn't say, oh, yeah, you know, this is kind of like what the NATO put together for us because they're not going to tell you, right? That's the point. If they put those words in there, you're all going to be like, what? Now, I want you to know. I want you to know that that money has a destination anywhere they want. It's uh, kind of like their petty cash, that billion dollars, kind of like we're just giving them. Here is a debit card to our federal taxpayer dollars. Please uh, do what you wish. Okay. Whatever you need, just get it down. This is how you crack down on peaceful protests that set fires everywhere. No, those aren't peaceful protests. Peaceful protests are what you and I are doing. Talking. Starting conversations. Making phone calls. Filing lawsuits. We're really the peaceful ones in this civil war. I'll see you guys in just a bit. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so we're going to, I'm going to kind of just note again, I've talked about the Strong Cities Networks. Uh, Actually, with Millie Weaver, we had done a report on the election fraud. This is part of the Strong Cities. Uh, You know, it was coming in together. It's really like a world military police. Uh, You know, it's where you don't have the police. You shut them down. They're not an extension of your community anymore. They're simply replaced by a mob. And that's when the UN will send their guys in and they will take care of everything. Now, I talked about this again before. This is like a worldwide police force, right? And um, they're all in three weirdly, bizarrely epicenter states of complete and utter evil, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, right? My hometown, New York City. Born and bred. And Denver. <laughs> you know, where is everybody? Who are the other people that are there? Let me tell you the strong city again. Should we go through them again? We should. Uh, there's, um, so if you live in one of these cities, huh, I suggest, um, you know, you kind of look around. Because I told you about the cities and the country, right? Cities and country. I warned online, 2000, 2001, and then they did this whole 9-11 thing. So we got uh, alphabetical order. Atlanta, Austin, Brownsville, Texas, Camden, New Jersey, Charlotte, Mecklenburg, North Carolina, Chattanooga, North Carolina, Chester, PA, Cleveland, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbia, South Carolina, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, 
Denver, Colorado, Detroit, Michigan, Flint, Michigan, Fresno, California, Gary, Indiana, Hampton, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Knoxville, Tennessee, Los Angeles, California, Los Angeles County, California, Las Vegas. See that difference? Los Angeles, the city, and then the county. Just pay attention. Las Vegas, Nevada, Louisville, Kentucky, Macon, uh, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, Minneapolis, slash St. Paul, Minnesota, Montgomery County of Maryland, New Orleans, Louisiana, New York, New York, Newport News, Virginia, Newark, New Jersey, Oakland, California, Philadelphia, PA, Phoenix, Arizona, Pittsburgh, PA, Richmond, California, Rockville, Illinois, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, Rutland, Vermont, San Diego, California, St. Louis, Missouri, Seattle, Washington, Tampa, Florida, and Youngstown, Ohio. Man, that's a lot of Ohio cities, man. DeWine, I don't see you getting voted in again because we need to remove our states from all of these things, don't we? This is exactly what we need to do because why is Homeland Security all over this? Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties. Here they are talking about stronger cities, member cities, and promoting them. This is all Barack Hussein Obama. Listen to this report. Wait, wait, here we go. City of Las Vegas, okay? In January of 2014, the world was put on notice about the opportunity to participate in a prestigious prize competition for innovative, creative, and transformational economic development plans to help revitalize targeted areas within the city of Las Vegas. The competition, Strong Cities, Strong Communities, is funded by a $1 million grant awarded to the city of Las Vegas from the U.S. Department of Commerce, Economic Development Administration. While the competition's website was viewed by innovators from nearly all 50 states and dozens of countries, 18 multidisciplinary teams ultimately submitted proposals for consideration during phase one of the competition. Last November, a voluntary panel of judges comprised of business and community leaders from throughout the community. I just want to tell you while you're listening to this that Barack Hussein Obama, it was July 11th, 2011, 7-11-11, that he signed Strong Cities into law, Strong Cities Network into law, are you listening, by executive order, executive order, he did that. Are you paying attention? Right. I just want you while you listen to this, okay? Recommended awards for three phase one prizes and advanced 10 teams to compete in phase two of the competition. The phase two teams labored for months to prepare comprehensive plans for their ideas that were ultimately evaluated by yet another panel of voluntary judges, seven leaders within our community. Out of the 18 teams comprised of 206 individuals from a variety of disciplines, six finalists were ultimately chosen. The city of Las Vegas will own all of these winning ideas, including a plan to develop green space along First Street, across Charleston, down to City Hall that incorporates a central park at the south end of downtown, creating life in the arts district, a place for people to gather, families to play, be entertained, and have all the amenities necessary for a downtown to be the core of the city. Right, because downtown Las Vegas is where you take your kids to go have fun, right, by the strip and stuff. Just listen. Listen to what else they won. Okay, these traders that applied won because this was an exam. It was like a audition. Hey, I could sell out my people super quick. My idea is the best. Come to me. Come to me. I kid you not. Wait, listen, because you're going to see what kind of power they surrendered with this. 
A team of UNLV professors, students, and urban professionals created a vision for revitalizing a portion of the redevelopment area along Charleston Boulevard by establishing a series of adaptable prototypes to be used by the redevelopment agency, City of Las Vegas, and potential developers. Their plan includes the creation of a technology platform app that will enable property and business owners to navigate through a streamlined process to identify and systematically eliminate blight. In 2013, Nevada was the first of six states in the country to receive a designation to do unmanned aerial testing. Wait, unmanned aerial testing, you mean drones. Uh, and I'm just going to put like a little parenthesis here. Remember I told you North Dakota is the epicenter of corruption? Epicenter, the most corrupt state in our nation, the one you hardly hear about. They're the ones that deploy the contact tracing apps that they sold to uh, or they gifted or they created with only $9,000 of North Dakota taxpayer dollars. And then they handed the tech over to Apple and Android so they can implement it to contract trace all of us. They're the ones that are shutting down the pipeline so they can get our gas prices to skyrocket. Can't have people driving around. I mean, shoot, everyone's thankful for the cheap gas let's light that up too i'm just saying and guess what north dakota has oh yeah they have drones that monitor everyone remember they're the ones that have the drone companies they're the head of drone tech and they're the ones that say we'll just deploy drones to take your temperature and see if you cough huh Drones, ah, policing through the skies. The UARC plan will create an unmanned aerial robotics resources center that will launch an industry for commercialized robotics in Las Vegas. The facility will serve as an incubator testing site that will ultimately create 7,133 jobs in Nevada over the next 20 years. The Via Latina Plaza is a Latino-themed tourist destination that includes a proposed performing arts center, sports arena, cultural center, charter school, and retail space, including an ethnic grocery store, cinema studio, and Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. Wow, all that with a million dollars, you guys. Have you seen any of this stuff? Because this is from like uh, four, almost four and a half years ago. The Green Sustainable District Plan introduces a concept to rebrand the redevelopment area along the Charleston Corridor between Valley View and Decatur and over to 95. The newly branded Green Sustainable District will help improve the image of an area where professional office space, retail shops, and commercial buildings are located. The Cashman Battery focuses on a center for sustainability, creating a market for companies that are focused in this industry to move to Las Vegas. Education, retail, residential, entertainment, and job creation are key components of the sustainability hub known as the Cashman Battery. Have you seen any of this? Wow, that's, that's all with a million dollars. Are you listening? While the competition, Strong Cities, Strong Communities Las Vegas, comes to a close today, it's just the beginning. The ideas presented in these creative and innovative plans have great potential to generate jobs, build industries, and seed innovation. And you know what comes with that? Yeah, that's right. No police control anymore since 2015 in Las Vegas. Guess who runs that? Yeah, let's not. <laughs> I mean, we already know. So this is where they're taking it, right? This is where they're bringing it up, right? They're bringing it up to the point where we're surrendering our police to the white hats. And I don't mean the good guys. I mean those helmets. Because like I've said, if you're ever in the field and you see any of those UN helmets, you run. Because it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, they're going to get you. So now we're going to start the meat of this episode. And we're going to start it with um, taking a trip down memory lane. 
uh, to um, an actual, uh, say it, to a video uh, that was put out, a video report by Millie Weaver. This is going to give you the background of where we're going to go with this, because then you're going to understand just how, just how the Ukraine is the epicenter. That is headquarters, headquarters for the deep state. And I'm going to walk you right through it. But what you need to see is the background to see uh, what President Trump has done. Okay. What he has done uh, to help uh, make this not a reality. Uh, that is what we are going to kind of take a look at. So uh, once I get this video going, I want you guys to see, hear, and pay attention. Because, you know, Millie Weaver, her producer and the things that she puts out are just incredible. Uh, the way she puts the right clips, the right pictures, and the right content. I mean, she pulls content from everywhere and has such a great analysis on these things. I mean, for me, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm, I'm in awe sometimes. So here we go. Let's take a listen. Let's unmute this and get it going. Here we go. Trump has already won. We're just down to the wire with the last few skirmishes being played out between the Trump administration and the deep state. But you would never know it because the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. And the alternative media is too wrapped up in infighting, engaging in cancel culture, etc. Many people are like, when are people finally going to be held accountable? It's actually happening right now right in front of us i was before i continue i just want you to know the date of this report is december 2019 and just so you know usually her reports are put together through a span of a couple weeks so i want you to look this is december 2019 it's july 2020 that's all i want you to remember was able to confirm what sources had alleged, namely that there really wasn't a whistleblower who had kicked off this impeachment inquiry and that the Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff was actually getting information from a wiretap. The alleged whistleblower and testifying witnesses with secondhand information were used to give witness testimonial credibility to ill-gotten information. This was verified by Schiff revealing telephone call information he had obtained on the president, his personal attorney Giuliani, the Intel Committee Minority Chairman Devin Nunes, investigative journalists like John Solomon reporting on the Ukraine, and others. The call information provided by Schiff in the impeachment inquiry more than suggested the what, where, and how Schiff had obtained the phone call records. Later that day, after I published my report, Laura Ingram had Sarah Carter on her show to discuss the developments regarding Adam Schiff's spying on the president. This is what they had to say. A knowledgeable source tells the Ingram Angle tonight that not only did Schiff get dirt from the secret subpoenas that he sent to phone companies, he also got help from the NSA. So what we knew before three years ago when we discussed the expansion of the NSA under the Obama administration and how they allowed for basically spying on attorneys, spying on clergy. I mean, this is incredible. Spying on what on we what consider basis? privileged journalists. Now what we're seeing. 
wait a minute, spying on what basis journalists? No, 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 no. The NSA, ever since 2017, has been running point for this Russia hoax. They have been covering, destroying, and moving evidence around. I've said it many times. I told you it was a wiretap, and they continue to collect information. Who's going to tell? Nakasone? Born in the Twin Cities. That's all I have to say for now. But take a, just, just watch this. This is your background. I just wanted to point out, oh, didn't I report that there was a wiretap way before anyone knew that Schiff was spying? Way before. Maybe I just know a little bit more is that Adam Schiff has taken this to the next level. And what he did was then expanded that, put it out into the report, and then used all the secondary contacts that he wanted exposed, exposed he in got the help. report. He got help from AT&T, and he got help from someone else in the government. He Our sources are saying AT&T. it's the NSA. The NSA. Absolutely. That is exactly what I've been hearing, too, from my sources. It shouldn't be a surprise that when the president tweeted, where is the whistleblower, I quickly responded that according to my sources, the whistleblower may actually be a wiretap. The president tweeted two days later with, there is no whistleblower. If my source can be publicly writing and tweeting about it for the last two years now, obviously the president knows about it. Judge Collier, Judge Rosemary Collier, was the judge, the FISA judge, that signed off on the first FISA warrant. Why is she still sitting on a bench? She says the full scope of non-compliant querying practices had not previously been disclosed to the court. There was a preliminary um, discussion to see why they didn't dump the data for 72 hours. So here's where the cover-up begins. So at that point, it was time to confirm other information reported by our source. Since we are assuming there's no whistleblower and that there was continued electronic surveillance of the president and the people around him, how is this possible? The NSA 702 Upstream. Mission of the intelligence community has morphed, giving them more data collecting authority, all with the blessing of this court. There's a dragnet of surveillance now in place. Where everyone's electronic communications are stored for 72 hours. Everyone's and everything. All the devices in your home that could potentially spy on you. These devices include Amazon's Echo, Google Home, networked video games, smart TVs, Facebook Live, laptop Skype cameras, home security cameras, baby monitors, and internet-connected appliances like Samsung's new family hub refrigerator that has web-connected cameras inside. Anyone accessing this database has to log in and log out, which would be noticeable by anyone with oversight, leaving only one possibility, the Inspector General of the NSA. Hello. I'm Rob Storch, and I'm honored to serve as the Inspector General at the National Security Agency. Who just happens to be the person who allegedly received the whistleblower complaint that kicked off the impeachment inquiry. 
Another thing we do that's really critical is we keep not only the head of the agency, but also the Congress as the people's representatives timely informed regarding what we're finding in the agencies. And that's really critical for Congress to enable it to carry out its constitutional oversight and legislative functions. But to understand how the IG of the NSA is implicated in providing intelligence to Schiff absent any whistleblower, we must first understand how the FISA court was allowing illicitly obtained NSA 702 upstream over collection in the first place. As soon as we began diving into the presiding judge of the FISA court, Judge Rosemary Collier, who was instrumental in facilitating extensive over-collection from the NSA 702 upstream, our computers and phones were hacked installed with malware and blocked via proxy servers from gaining access to the internet, specifically our source material for this report, while our phones began taking on a life of their own. You only get flack when you're over the target. By the time we got our computers cleaned up and our phones acting relatively normal again, Inspector Horowitz had testified in the Senate. We are here at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing where Michael Horowitz has been testifying. And they've just been spying on the president, lying right before the Senate. I mean, I didn't have much anticipations or expectations for Horowitz, given that he's an Obama holdover. The presiding judge of the FISA court had issued a condemning letter about the FBI's misuse of the FISA court. But I knew better. This was the beginning of a cover-up. But to understand the cover-up, we have to travel back in time where the chapter of this story began. The main reason they were going for the FISA warrant initially was to go back historically and seize all his emails and texts and all that stuff from back m months and even years. So they were covering the period that he was in the campaign, and that's exactly the reason they went for the FISA, to get that stuff. The answer to the question about whether that was just some misguided effort or a plot is how did it all start? And that's why you see John Durham looking back at the efforts and the actions of people like Jim Comey and John Brennan to look and see, did this start before the official crossfire hurricane date of July 31st? I've seen classified documents that indicates that it did. In 2016, I had directed our Office of Compliance, let's do a fundamental baseline review of compliance associated with 702. Hold on, before we continue. Just so you know, Admiral Mike Rogers fired the IG of the NSA, Ellard, that Obama could not stand. Not that he was a good guy, but he stuck to the books. He was fired. And just as a reminder, it was Admiral Rogers that gave his full support to Robert Stort. See, I've told you about these swords, you know, and you pull it out, kind of like Lindsey Graham. Look at me. I'm for Kavanaugh. This is rubbish. And then they just put it back in and then they pull it out. I'm just saying, like I said, all eyes, all eyes, all eyes. That's, that's, that's what you need to remember. September 26, 2016. Collier realizes that since late 2014 through early 2015, there was over-collection of data. John Carlin, former head of the National Security Division, submits his certification, Section 702, and then resigns. We were doing queries unknowingly to the operator in a handful of situations 
um, against U.S. persons. And I just said, hey, that is not in accordance with the intent of the law. <laughs> so Carlin resigned. It was September 26, 2016. Reported that one, too. Obama knows that within 30 days, if the NSA can't fix the overcollection problem by either dumping data or justifying it, the FISA court will order the IG of the NSA to investigate. So what does Obama do? He makes the IG of the NSA a presidential appointment rather than an appointment by the director of the NSA. Oh, and keep in mind, he didn't fire Ellard at the time. And keep in mind, they got the FISA warrant before the 30 days. But also keep in mind that all of these clowns got extensions. They got extensions on, oh, yeah, it was like, like Roger said, we didn't know why it was happening. Like it was like a, a, a computer problem. Uh, that was the problem. It was like an algorithm issue. And it targeted that algorithm targeted very specific people. But, you know, we were completely honest on this. We I, like I really wanted to stop it. I wanted to stop it. Guys, I've had everything, <laughs> everything since 2014. So and there's tons of other people. So if I know it, they know it. The president knows it. We all know it. It's about time that we put all the cards on the table so we can be paying attention a little bit better. So again, timeline, September 2016, 2016, they get spanked by the judge. Spank, just like on the tushy, right? Over her knee, a little bit of a spank. She spanked Loretta Lynch, spanked Comey, spanked Clapper, spanked Brennan, spanked Rogers, but Rogers went to Collier and said, oh, you know, this is a big problem. I have to tell you, wait, but she signed the first FISA warrant, even though you told her. So we had to fix it. So there were renewals because Judge Collier covered her butt again in 2017, writing a long memorandum of opinion saying, well, you know, I gave them all these extensions. And first they said it was like computer errors. Then they said it was like human errors. Then it was this. And it's like so wrong. Yeah, but you were giving extensions. And with those extensions, they were able to get extended FISA warrants. So again, when I say we do have a problem, we've got major issues in our, you know, three branches of government. The biggest one is the judiciary. Yeah, you might say legislative. I'm telling you judiciary because the legislative ain't got nothing. They can't do anything if our judiciary is intact. And that is where the illness is. That is where the disease is festering. Oh, wait. The next hour is going to blow your mind because we have to go to a break. But again, recapping, recapping. Since 2014, they've been doing this. They actually started wiretapping just so you know. And this is probably, uh, you know, uh, something that I'm, and I'm pretty sure the people that took over Breitbart have those notes between me and Andy. But they started they started investigating President Donald J. Trump in 2010 because they were sure he was going to run because we wanted him to. So right after this, after this break, um, we're going to continue this and I'm going to show you how the epicenter comes into focus. I told you Scotusgate is the one. You think Spygate is? Obamagate? Scotusgate will blow your mind.
real news. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Now, this hour, as we've been laying the foundations and kind of talking about it, we're getting to see the timeline. And I'm telling you, I've been watching this from 2010. Uh, further on, uh, you know, again, at 2014 when it kicked off, it was actually done in 2012 after President Trump actually filed, uh, you know, a pat. Uh, what, what is it called? The trademark for Make America Great Again. That's what really set it off. But here we see the plan. And I'm going to guide you to see how the Ukraine is the epicenter. It is the new headquarters for the deep state. Now, this is very important. Ukraine geographically is very important. Geographically, it's very important. We created China, okay? We created China. And the Black Sea as a geo strategy, right? It's very, very important. It also is the way that you can control the only nation on the planet with zero debt. Thus, they have zero Fs to give, right? Which is Russia. And so this is why Barack Hussein Obama in 2013 and 2014 pushed and and gave tons of money and even moved our own National Guard to spark a civil war identical to that that we saw during the George Floyd protests. Now, they're still sticking to their plan because nine times out of 10, when you have a plan, it usually, I mean, it's kind of like this. If you aim for the moon, you'll get somewhere in the stratosphere, right? You get somewhere. And this is their strategy. But I'm laying out to you the history to see just how we're going into the future, how they want the future to come. And why we are going through a historian's wet dream in this first half of 2020. We've experienced everything. Wonder what it was like during the Great Depression? Wonder no more. Here you are. (laughs) Spanish flus, locusts, you know, we've got dust bowls. I mean, the only thing missing is aliens right now. And I think they're trying that one too. So here we go, continuing on, because this is the... uh, She's laid it out so perfectly. Take a listen. New rules to the game. And as the first presidentially appointed Senate confirmed IG here at the NSA, I am committed to transparency in the work of our office. Okay. Now let's talk about this confirmation for a second. Okay. We need to talk about this confirmation because for me, that's where it starts. So we're going to go and I'm going to try to pull up my screen to my uh, profile on Twitter and hopefully this will work so you guys can see it. If not, I am walking through anyway. Um, So it's uh, important for us to, there we go. Here's my Twitter. So here we go where we can see um, what exactly has transpired. So today I sent this fax. The fax that I sent is, hey, uh, I want to know like who yayed and nayed, you know, on this whole, you know, uh, you know, vote tallies that were done and how this was discussed. Just give me stuff, right? I want to know. There was a voice vote and I'm sending it to the Senate Select Committee. And I did it specifically. I should have just sent it to Mitch McConnell, right? But I sent it to them. Do you know why? Because I already know. I already know what they discussed. I already know how it went. And I already know who did their homework. Here's the problem. When you're elected as a senator, or if you're elected as a congressperson, mayor, city council, school council, whatever that may be, your job, 
your job is to listen to your constituents, right? And do what they're asking you to do. Nothing more. You don't have to be a successful businessman or, you know, an auctioneer like round Billy Long who hates free speech, uh, even though he's a Republican, right? Yeah. Oh, what? Because it means nothing. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be anyone but the real person that people expect you to be. And that is to do your job and do your homework. You don't, uh, you don't just sit there and say, oh, yeah, what are we voting on? Oh, yeah. What's the, what, oh, okay. So how are you voting? Yeah, okay. Yeah, why? Tell me. Oh, okay. So I'll do it too. What? No. It's your job. But here's, why, here's how it really goes. I'm going to tell you how it really goes. They have staffers. Which staffers have sexcapades going on. You know, they all get poorly paid, right? They're all running coffee. They're all bought and sold by the same conglomerate, right? All of them with aspirations of being advanced. They all share one apartment at the foggy bottom. They're all paying $1,000 each for a hole in the wall. And these clowns come up with a summary and say, here are the points. Here's this. No one does their homework. No one does any of their homework because if they did their homework, they would have asked, they would have asked one question that should have disqualified Robert Storch from anything in the government, anything in the government. Not one question, one, one. Again, in my article that I posted on loomer.com, I think I also put it on torysays.com. I explained how Robert Storch was indeed nominated by Obama. I also explained how the Ukraine, the whole country, the president of Ukraine reached out to him and said, hey, want to come over and like work for my anti-corruption bureau? He also was deputy IG to IG Horowitz. All the IGs need to go. If, 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 I, was, if I was President Trump, I would have had a broom, a big wide broom, you know, that you see in like garages and warehouses. I would have been sweeping the crap out of every single IG person there. Because the IG is just, uh, you know, a facade. It's a fake made up thing. Uh, you heard me and Patrick Berge talk. It's all BS. There is no... No sense whatsoever in regards to having an IG because they don't do anything. They don't do anything. So that's the first thing that I did. I sent it to the select committee just to gaslight them, really, because uh, I already know the answer. I never, ever ask questions to things I, you know, for things that I don't know. Um, and now here's something interesting that was sent to me when I asked, yo, is there any way that we could get like a record of this voice vote or anything? And I see this. Hold on a second. So President Trump, this is public record. This is permanent record. President Trump, right? He actually nominated Robert Storch. Do you see it? Robert Storch of District of Columbia to be Inspector General of the National Security Agency. New position. A month later, received message of withdrawal of nomination from the president. Wait a minute. So there's nothing there that says he renominated him. There's no record of a renomination. So wait a minute. President Trump, a month into his presidency, withdraws his nomination. And yet for some reason, there's a Senate uh, intelligence, uh, uh, you know, hearing, and then he goes on to get confirmed. I'm really confused. That's 
a little bit, if not extremely, bizarre. And what else is bizarre is that these clowns were in session on December 21st, voting on other things, yet they did a voice vote. And thanks to one um, uh, person that um, is a listener, he actually sent me uh, something pretty incredible. The voice vote. Hold on, let me find it. He sent it to me, and I'm trying to find it now. He sent it to me. Where is it? Come on, guys. Where is this thing here? Mm. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we are going... I'm going to play this quickly. And um, let me try to share this on the screen for you guys that are watching on YouTube. And hopefully we can get it in. Give me a sec. Let me find it and do this. There we go. Okay, here we go. Oh, wrong one again. Gosh darn it. Stop that one. You guys have to see it. This guy is incredible. The stuff that he shares. This is why I follow, you know, uh, people because they share some stuff that is like, what? Here you go, he said. It was called the Mitch McConnell um, Senate Confirmation Blitz. Here we go. Executive session, I ask unanimous consent that the list at the desk of nominations received during the 115th Congress first session remain in status quo, notwithstanding the provisions of Rule 31. Without objection. <clears throat> I ask unanimous consent the Senate proceed to executive session for the en bloc consideration of the following nominations. Executive Calendar 525. 526, 528, and 530. Without objection. The court, the clerk will report the nominations on block. Nominations, Department of State. Kenneth J. Braithwaite of Pennsylvania to be ambassador to the Kingdom of Norway. M. Lee McClenney of Washington to be ambassador to the Republic of Paraguay. United States Agency for International Development. Be an assistant administrator. Department of State, Christopher Ashley Ford of Maryland to be an assistant secretary. I ask consent the Senate vote on the nominations in block with no intervening action or debate. That if confirmed, the motions to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table in block. <clears throat> the president be immediately notified of the Senate's action that no further motions be in order and that any statements related to the nominations be printed in the record. Is there objection? Mm -hmm. Without objection. Question occurs on the nominations on block. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those opposed say no. The ayes appear to have it. The ayes do have it. The nominations are confirmed on block. I ask unanimous consent the Senate proceed to the consideration of the following nomination, Executive Calendar 311. Without objection. The clerk will report. Department of Defense, Robert P. Storch of the District of Columbia to be Inspector General of the National Security Agency. I ask consent the Senate vote on the nomination with no intervening action or debate that if confirmed, the motion to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table. The president be immediately notified of the Senate's action that no further motions be in order and that any statements related to the nomination be printed in the record. 
without objection. <clears throat> the question occurs on the nomination. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed say no. The ayes appear to have it. The ayes do have it. The nomination is confirmed. I ask unanimous consent the Senate proceed to the end block consideration of the following nominations. Executive calendar 456, 457. Without objection, the clerk will report. Securities and Exchange Commission, Hester Maria Pierce of Ohio to be a member. Robert J. Jackson, Jr. of New York to be a member. I ask consent the Senate vote on the nominations in block with no intervening okay. action debate. Okay, so guys, I'm retweeting this right quick. This is just how they go without really voting. This is where they all supposedly reached a consensus. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, period. And no need for debate, no need for discussion. Obviously, no need to ask questions. And we'll see why. So let's continue with Millie's report, which pretty much lays out with a few pauses for me to elaborate just exactly who Robert Storch is, because he leads you back to the Ukraine. In October, right before the FISA warrant for Carter Page is signed, the NSA asks FISA for an extension until December 2016, citing errors and a matter of national security. At the end of October, I think it was something like the 26th of October, and we informed the court we have a compliance issue here, and we're concerned that there's an underlying um, issue with the technical solution we've put in place. We told the court we we're going to need some period of time to work our way through that. The court granted us that. Who, wait, we asked the court. He asked the court for some time to be granted. Remember the renewals that I told you? Those extensions, because they keep making mistakes. This is Admiral Rogers, the guy that fired Ellard and backstorch. Time in, ex in return, the court also said, we will allow you to continue 702 under the 16 authorizations, but we will not, will not reauthorize 17 until you show us that you have addressed this. November 30th, 2016, Obama nominates Robert Storch, who was working as deputy IG of the DOJ under Horowitz at the time. Hold on. Hold on. November 30th, 2016, Obama was no longer going to be president. November 30th, 2016, he nominates someone to take over the IG. November 30th, 2016, during the transition period, this is unheard of. Unheard of that during a transition period, while you are going out, that you are making decisions for the incoming president. I'm Rob Storch, Deputy Inspector General for the U.S. Department of Justice. During the transition period from the Obama administration into the Trump administration. In April 2017, Storch, as Deputy IG of DOJ, is offered a job by Ukraine to uncover corruption. Trump's people at the time, you know, all those swamp creatures he fired, had Trump nominate Storch as IG of the NSA, to which he was quickly confirmed. What they did essentially was create a way through now presidential appointed IG of the NSA office to hide their continued spying of President Trump. Now... Remember, we listened to the video, just how shotgun wedding-ish uh, the vote was, right? But now I'm going to take you back in time, uh, just a little bit back in time, where I'm going to tell you stuff about storage, really interesting stuff about storage. 
that you probably don't know, that you definitely need to know, uh, because it's uh, pretty important for us to understand uh, just who he is, uh, the corrupt clown he is. Now, let me take you to who he as a man is. He's married to this chick named Sarah Lord, right? Sarah Lord and him, uh, uh, you know, married in the 90s. And um, so Robert Philip Storch and Sarah Matilde Lord, uh, who is, huh, Sarah Matilde, M-A-T-I-L-T-H-E, Lord, just uh, do some homework. Look up at um, Canada Way. Anyway, they were both prosecutors uh, for the DOJ uh, in regards to public integrity, almost like a, it's just a joke. This woman graduated from Yale. Uh, she's a Rhodes Scholar. Who else is a Rhodes Scholar? All right, Carrie uh, Clinton was. He got kicked out of that. We all know how that goes. Uh, she, her, her daddy was the vice chairman of the New York State Liberal Party. And um, Storch uh, graduated Harvard, of course. Then he went to uh, Columbia. And, um, both of his parents were doctors, cardiologists, I think they were from, he was from Florida. So they were in Florida. So just so you know that his wife was, uh, working for the justice department, uh, as a lawyer. And then she went into private practice. Uh, we need to do some digging into her private practice, but I I could tell you some of that too. Anyway. So I want you to know that she in 2018, she, his wife, the IG of the NSA was in Ukraine training investigators in Ukraine and teaching them about software. Uh, software to investigate people. Software that was listening in and using twinning stream hubs software. Huh. <laughs> wait a minute. What? Oh, wait. There's more. So just so that you know, uh, uh, I'm going to take you back. into. I've been talking about memorandums of understanding for forever and a day, right? Forever and a day. How those are very important agreements that are done. I talked about them many, many times. Well, I'm going to talk to you about a memorandum of understanding that the FBI, right, has with the National Anti-Corruption Bureau in the Ukraine. Okay, it's 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 actually quite tickling to see. You're just like, wait a minute, that can't happen. Oh, yes, it did. It was signed between Comey's FBI and the National Anti-Corruption Bureau in the Ukraine. And get this. When did this happen? Oh, gosh, darn it. June 29th, 2016. So it was acting deputy assistant Moon of the FBI and director Artem Stinik of the NABU, right? That signed this memorandum of understanding where it would establish that the FBI and the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of the Ukraine are going to work together in regards to money laundering. You know, like the money laundering Barack Hussein Obama did. You know, like the blimps filled the cash that, you know, Schiff signed over. You know, like the money we gave them so we can help with their elections, you know, help, right? Or the money we gave them to arm them with our National Guard to spark, uh, you know, a civil war, 
that kind. So this MOU is still in place and it's supposed to be addressing corruption. I we obviously know it's not corruption. It's a cover up, right? This is how we eradicate things. But yeah, you know, Tory's been there since 2014, man. <laughs> you got something. Because, you know, the whole thing with this Crimea and annexation words and what's going on, you know, kind of bothered me, especially the part where they were changing the church. You know, I'm really religious. And when you're trying to reinvent, uh, I don't know, uh, Christianity, it kind of gains my attention. Now, the question that we should all be asking is, who did the background check on, uh, you know, Robert here? Like, you know, why didn't Stork talk about his, uh, you know, Ukrainian uh, work that he did? Uh, why didn't he talk about, uh, you know, how Henry Ellard, you know, had issues with that? And they discussed that during, you know, the meeting of all IGs. Uh, this is real stuff. These are the questions we should be asking the people that, you know, <laughs> Shotgun, shotgun, all of them. When I tell you Republicans and Democrats are no different, one of them is shameless. The other ones just don't care. I'm going to have you listen to some audio. Um, give me a second. Let me get this to where I need it to get because, you know, maybe I can actually pull it up on a video for you guys to watch it. That would be best. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can. Oh, I can't do that. Can I? Let's see. You guys need to see Robert Stork in, in, in Ukraine. Having a chit chat, right? Talking for them, right? That that that's something you guys need to see, because it's it's pretty interesting how psh, no. no one talks about it. Let me get to the right point too. It would be right over. Let's go there. Okay, let me stop this airing, and you might not understand most of it. That's okay. You don't need to. Uh, here we go, and we are going to. Take a view and see who our NSA guy is. It's pretty interesting. Let's see. Where is it? Um, so need to see this one. Is this it? There we go. Take a listen. Can you hear us? Because we, we, we don't hear you. Um, something with the, with the sound. Can you, can you hear us now? You do, but we don't hear you. Um, that's unfortunate because we, we would rather hear you. Um, can you try something with your device? Because it seems that it does not transmit your sound. Um, we, we don't hear anything. There's no sound. This is Storch right before his confirmation hearing, 2017. And now? Yes, now we can hear ah, you. Um, so you're here online with the government of Ukraine, and uh, we will, there will be a consecutive interpretation of what you Remember, this is the deputy IG to the Department of Justice, now the inspector general of the NSA, addressing the parliament of Ukraine, 2017, May 25th. Say, May 24th. So please... Um, uh, I guess um, I give floor to the chairman. Pane Storch, dobrý den. Good afternoon, Mr. Storch. Já ja, první vicepremiér Stepan Kubil. 
My name is Stepan Kubev. I'm first vice prime minister of Ukraine. За дорученням прем'єр-міністра ми продовжуємо проведення співбесід з кандидатами у члени комісії зовнішнього контролю для проведення незалежної оцінки аудиту ефективності діяльності НАБУ. Перш за все хочу подякувати вам за участь. Uh, upon uh, request of the Prime Minister, we continue the interviews with candidates to be auditors of NABU, and I want to thank you for your participation. Can you hear us? I, I can, yes. You can hear me, I hope. Ви в своїх документах чітко продемонстрували розуміння організації оцінювання діяльності і знання методик. Чи хотіли б ви декілька слів про себе і додати для публічності? Ми є в прямому ефірі скайп-трансляції. In your documents you demonstrated your knowledge of the principles and methods of audits. So maybe you would like to uh, give us a brief uh, overview of your activity and uh, please be aware that you are broadcast live through the internet. Прошу, of course. Так, uh, first of all, let me thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you. По-перше, хотів би дуже подякувати вас за цю можливість поговорити з вами. I, I recognize how important this task is for NABU and for the uh, effort to address corruption there in Ukraine. Huh. You know, he was there 10 years ago teaching him everything. Look at that. That's the IG of the NSA. That's the IG, deputy IG of the Department of Justice. Horowitz's right-hand man <laughs> on Skype addressing the parliament of the Ukraine. Just a little while before, you know, his confirmation hearing and stuff. And... None of this was discussed, okay? None of this. They, they should have just asked, hey, have you ever worked for a foreign government? I mean, that should exclude you from even being ID of the Department of, IG of, the Department of Justice. Deputy, you know, <laughs> mailman, whatever it may be. But here he is. Look, look, glorify him, right? Look at him, look at him. Я розумію, наскільки важливими ці зусилля є для НАБУ і для боротьби з корупцією в Україні. Uh, I, I hope that you were able to receive the uh, Ukrainian summary of my CV. Я сподіваюся, що вам роздали український переклад мого CV. Basically, by way of background, uh, I have worked for the Department of Justice. Now I started a little over 30 years ago. Я більшу частину свого професійного життя працював на структури Міністерства юстиції США, розпочав професійну діяльність я трохи більше, ніж 30 років тому. Yeah, he gave him their resume, his resume. І це дуже важко повірити, що виглядає, я знаю про це. But uh, I spent the first uh, two dozen or about 24 years as a prosecutor uh, working on Corruption and other white-collar crimes. 
actually he was on the 9-11 thing too. So let's move forward from this. So now, now you got a taste of what kind of clowns we put in charge of our NSA. Are you getting this? Wait a minute. It gets better. It gets way better. This is just how corrupt everything is. Okay. This gets way better. I promise. Uh, no, it gets actually way worse. So here's where we're going to go into uh, some really weird stuff. So let me tell you about um, his wife and his work. So do you know who represented the United States of America in uh, Ukraine between uh, 2000, late 2005 and uh, the, the, like I would say January 2010? Do you know who represented the U.S.? At that time, when we were making all these bills and giving them money, you know, the prelude. It was Sarah Lord, Robert Storch's wife. Robert Storch, our IG of the NSA. Bill Taylor and George Kent. Tell me what all four of these clowns have in common. They all hate Trump. Two of them actually testified against the president, Bill Taylor, George Kent. But you know details, right? Because Taylor was ambassador to the Ukraine. Oh yeah, you know, I totally heard. And it was like on my ear, but you can hear it from across Kent, right? And uh, Kent, he was FBI in Kiev. Are you getting this? This is the people, these clowns that we are working with. Now, between December 2007, and um, I, I wrote this in my article, he was the legal advisor uh, that lived in Ukraine to do this. He actually went back in 2014. This is where Tori's little life. I was like, what's he doing there? In 2014, I was like, what's going on? He helped them create laws, you know? And he kind of served as like, oh, I'm just going to advise the embassy on stuff. So again, Bill Taylor, Sarah Lord, right? Who worked as a, an attorney for the justice department and for the FBI in the Ukraine, along with Robert Storch, all of them created the national anti-corruption bureau of the Ukraine. Uh, do I have your attention now? Now, none of these clowns in the Senate or the house asked him anything about this, anything, nothing. I mean, there's nothing to see here. His wife, you know, is training people, creating national anti-corruption bureau detectives through a summer school in criminal justice. National anti-criminal bureau detectives shared their experience in conducting pre-trial investigations with the criminal justice and action summer school. Guess who ran all those? That's right. Robert Storch's wife. Huh. But, you know, he's still the IG of the NSA. And she's like posing with all the Ukrainians and pictures. The article will have them all. Sounds like uh, they were there to cover up. But Tori was there from 2014 when Robert Storch returned. Because, you know, this Crimea thing was, ooh, it really itched me. I was like, what is going on? This is not right. Why are they trying to destroy religion? Why are we sending National Guard troops here? Here we are. And guess what? Who was supposed to give this information, that blurb to the president? Ask yourself who gave it to you. Hey, you know what? Actually, President Trump, if you're listening to this, which, you know, your guys are probably listening to this. Who gave it to you? Are they still there? 
fire them. If not, try them for treason. Oh, want to know who did um, Robert Stork's background check? You want to you wanna take some wild guesses? Wild guesses. Super crazy, out-of-the-box guesses. That's right. Oh, was it? Oh, oh. Peter Strzok. <laughs> Shoot. Calm, tickle me funny, right? What? You mean Peter Strzok was the one that did the background investigation on Robert Stork and didn't tell anyone that he created the National Anti, uh, Anti-Corruption Bureau for the Ukraine? That his wife is training the investigators that were spying on journalists because that's who they were spying on, right? <laughs> but you know, if you're spying on someone, you better as hell know that someone else is spying on you. Like I said, we've had all of this since 2014. For me, it tickled it when I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you, why are you going after Orthodox Christian priests? Wait a minute. That did not make sense at all. So now let's continue with Millie Weaver's little expose here. Cause she lays it out. So now that you know who Robert Storch is, Let's continue on this little expose. So nicely put together. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It gets real interesting here. All right, let's go. It's the same at work. At NSA, it's up to you to report what you reasonably believe to be evidence of wrongdoing using authorized channels, which include the office of the NSA Inspector General. Are you starting to see the trap that was set up for the president? It was only after Horowitz's report came out that Judge Collier rebuked the FBI in a total CYA move. However, this entire charade is a smokescreen to draw attention away from the fact that the relevant spying on the Trump campaign and now administration was occurring through over collection, not the bogus Steele dossier. The Steele dossier is a cover story to hide the over collection problem that is scheduled to go on until March of 2020. How the heck is Trump and his team supposed to go after the deep state while they're spying on him? Because the 702 upstream data collection system has gone rogue. Why do we have... Wait, before that goes on, before this clip plays, I want you to remember something. Nellie Orr said, Nellie Orr testified, okay... Are you paying attention? Nellie Orr, what did she testify? Remember, what did she testify? She said, remember what she said? She said she was a contractor for the FBI and CIA, right? Remember when she said that? Do you remember? She also said that the Russia dossier was delivered to her in the United States from the National Anti-Corruption Bureau Unit in Ukraine. Uh, Did you get that? Did you get that? Wait a minute. So you're saying that the dossier was created in Ukraine? (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. And how do I know this? Because of this. Have global private security firms that are operating in Beijing and Washington and Baghdad at the same time. And and this is an entirely taxpayer-fueled entity. And everyone's entire collection of electronic communications are now accessible by an international intelligence consortium created by the retired spy chiefs globally. Yes, you, Global Strategies Group, but we will come back to you soon enough. A lot of... 
by the way, after this report, that website was taken down. All the previous spy chiefs of, you know, uh, GCHQ that were on there, the CIA, the NSA and Diablo group were all removed and it's been sanitized. And, you know, I mean, I work for them. I had pure, unfettered access to all their communications with my own password and username that was disabled right after this report. A lot of this is done in a very hidden way. It's a very murky world. We had to sift through a lot of corporate records to find this corporate structure to figure out that Global Strategies Group, for example, is uh, registered in Luxembourg, not in England. Uh, there are subsidiaries of subsidiaries. Some of these companies are spun out, go public, go private again. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of them, and therefore they're easily lost in the shuffle. That might be an advantage, right, if you're in the intelligence mm -hmm. game. What I'm demonstrating. Uh, just so you understand, don't you miss when news were actually reporting news? Do you see how he was talking about Luxembourg and intelligence and it said Brennan's Chinese connections? I just wanted to point that out. Trading is not only is there a rogue source of intelligence, but there is another source of intelligence, something further in the background than the NSA, than the GSG, that hasn't been made public yet that I can neither confirm or deny that my source and the president may be working through to take down the deep state. Remember when President Eisenhower warned about the military industrial complex? In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. We must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. You don't think he may have set up something else in secret to monitor them, do you? No. On August 31st, 1960, Secretary of the Air Force Dudley Sharp, on orders from President Eisenhower, established the Office of Missile and Satellite Systems to direct the Air Force Satellite Reconnaissance Program. Officially established the management arrangements for the National Reconnaissance Program, which consolidated space and aerial reconnaissance projects under a covert National Reconnaissance Office. They are silent sentinels. They look and listen from the cold reaches of space. They capture signals and images critical to America's intelligence community, and much more. They are the satellites of the National Reconnaissance Office. America's eyes and ears in space. Which is why President Bill Clinton had them declassified in 1999 but what the deep state didn't know then, but has probably figured out now, that declassification didn't capture all of it. Why do you think Space Force has emerged in the middle of all of this? Are you ready for some of the biggest information drops? Are you ready for President Trump's Christmas present and New Year's resolution? Stay tuned, there is more to come. So just so that you guys understand, the NRO has been around for a while. It was one of those unlimited biggest budgets we've ever spent ever. That's where all the money would go. And Clinton and Obama attempted to declassify every single member of it. Every what they didn't. And if you noticed on her video, I'm going to without um 
you know, sound. Uh, for those of you that are not on YouTube and listening on the radio, uh, I'm going to kind of put it onto some declassified documents here so people can see what the government actually is telling you and you're not paying attention. There's two things, you guys. There's an actual and a perceived uh, situation here. I want you to pay attention to it. Actual situation, apparent situation. So what you see in the actual situation is that the president has all these people talking to him, but there's something called the policy control that feeds into it. And the apparent situation, what people see, is the Department Secretary of Defense and OSD staff. Uh, But as you can see from the actual situation, it's pretty different. Pretty interesting how they have figure B first, figure A second. Actual perceived. Actual perceived. Are you paying attention now? Because it's all there, hidden in plain sight, as always. Nobody pays attention to the little details ever. And you know, if you noticed, you saw Mickey Mouse going through that class, because that's that should be coming into fruition soon. But like I've said, I already know the future. Well, the futures that are to come. And right now, we're at that point. We're in the middle of a civil war, and we don't even know it. Because it is one of the most civilized civil wars that we are experiencing ever in history. So careful on how they do it. So particular in how they move it. Can you see it now? Can you see just how corrupt the corrupt, how deep the corruption is? Because it's, it's out there, isn't it, guys? It's uh, pretty insane if you... Huh. Think about it. So the Russia hoax was actually uh, covered up, right? As you know, how was it covered up? Oh, through the Ukraine, the Ukraine, the center of everything, the Ukraine, where all of this is coming from the Russia dossier. So who's responsible for this? Think about it. Who is responsible for all of this? And I say it again. The names are pretty simple. All you need to look is Take a look at your Senate Intelligence Committee. We got Mark Warner and Richard Burr, which I previously reported, were texting with Daniel J. Jones, the the actual author of the whistleblower complaint. They were texting. They knew everything about Steele. Oh, and they're the ones that confirmed the guy. <laughs> yeah, see, Richard, let's go through Republicans. We got Marco Tiny Rubio of Florida. Big pharma back on that one, right? <laughs> Remember how he screwed up Florida with uh, monopolies for insurance? Yeah, that one. Little sneaky Rubio. Richard Burr. James Rich of Idaho, Susan Collins of Maine, Roy Blunt of Missouri, Tom Cotton of Arkansas. But I hear he wasn't very favorable on this. John Cornyn, Ben Sass in Nebraska. Now we go to the Democrats, Diane Feinstein. Oh, you mean the woman that was working with Daniel J. Jones, right? The one that got the authored, uh, you know, complaint from fake Dr. Ford, right? The CIA asset that was, you know, the crying female part telling you that she was assaulted 
or raped or train raped. She just doesn't remember what day, when, where, and everyone. She just remembers Kavanaugh. Ron Wyden of Oregon, expect no less. Martin Heinrich, Angus King of, of New Mexico, Angus King of Maine. Kamala on my knees, Harris from California. Kamala, Auntie Kamala, <laughs> uh, Jesse Smollett, Michael Benet of Colorado. All of these, these people are single-handedly responsible for the Russia dossier. Are you getting this? These are the people that are responsible because they were the ones that had to pose the questions to this candidate, IG of the NSA. Obviously, the biggest burden falls onto who? Uh, the person who recommended him to the president. The people that pushed him. Again, I repeat, Admiral Rogers' change of heart? Fired Ellard, backstorch, and then was like, oh, you know, I think there's a problem. Back in 2004, I was all over it in 2014, man. We all knew. Everybody knew. Everybody and their mother knew, but nobody spoke. And, you know, this goes back to self-preservation. I've been talking about that for a very, very long time. Self-preservation. People are, you know, put their head down. They're like, well, you know, I have a family. I got to work. If everyone thought like that, what's the point of living? How do you call yourself free? <laughs> My life was destroyed after 2014. Uh, slowly chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, especially with the whole, you know, Michael Hastings debacle. Uh, Brendan wasn't too happy about that one. You know, regardless of how many, you know, uh, how many times removed you get from things, you always pop up somehow. They find you. They, they can. And slowly but surely, things were unraveling in my own. And you know what? Uh, you have everything. I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, you're, no, it doesn't go there. Because they don't know. What if she has insurance on all of us? I mean... I did copy the whole passport thing as I was instructed to do. What if she has it? They don't know. I don't have it in my possession, but they, they know how smart I am because <laughs> I helped them create a lot of things. So they know. The point is, this is the time that every single one of us should be speaking up. This is the time that every single one of us should be pointing out the facts. How is he the IG of the NSA? Why is he still there? How is he still there? And guys, we elected them. We have every right to remove them. We don't have to wait till election day to remove these clowns from Senate. There's impeachment procedures. We could get that. We are many. They are few. They're making you think that there's many of them. They are not. They are very, very few. Very few. And the only thing right now that the majority of us should be doing is praying. Prayer, whew, that gives you everything you need. Everything you need. Huh. We sit here and we think about nothing's being done. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot being done. There's a heck of a lot being done. So there was a thread that I tweeted out the other day. Uh, it was yesterday, wasn't it? That I tweeted it out that had to do with um, Hillary Clinton and how this one donor is being investigated and how, you know, they're on top of it because the Justice Department released, uh, you know, an indictment in January and things are happening. 
And I'm going to remind you that this was in reference to this whole um, Otterbrecht, right? The agreement, you know, we're talking oil, energy. Well, surprisingly, AMLO of Mexico is coming. And AMLO on Sunday, this is from an AP piece, uh, said that the former head of Mexico State Oil Company has offered to talk about investigations into the corruption of a company called Penix. Now, um, AMLO said that um, Emilia Lozoya uh, has offered to talk and said that it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, for, you know, Emilio to just tell the world how much money he got, how much money he distributed. Now, the investigations are about, you know, um, bribing Brazilian um, construction giant Odebrecht, right, in 2015 uh, to purchase uh, the fertilizer plant Pemex uh, at a higher price than it was. And so um, Lozoya dropped his uh, fight against the extradition from Spain in June, and he actually agreed to come to Mexico. This is a very big deal because Odebrecht is one of the biggest companies that fund, guess what? The Clinton Foundation. Now, there's a big list, and that one's smack in the middle. So AMLO coming to the United States may indeed be one of the nails on the coffin of the Clinton Foundation slash the Clintons. Yet people think nothing is being done. Now, many of us, including myself sometimes, we question things that are done, especially I'm not in the formal loop. But the question is, hey, why do we have this guy as the IG of the NSA? Why is he still there? Why did Ratcliffe place Evanina? Evanina assisted in doing the background check for Robert Storch. I mean, unless Evanina was playing two. The Ukraine as a landmass is very, very important for the globalist cabal. You have to understand uh, geographically it's as big as putting Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and the majority of Kentucky in one, you know, landman. That's how big it is. It's cut in the middle by a river. It flanks Russia, which gives them a good position and gives them access with the Black Sea to, you know, the African continent and the Asian continent quite easy. It's also very rich in natural resources. And it's the only EU state that's part of the EU, but not really. Because they're still battling it out. You know, Ukrainians left one communist nation to go to another. That sounds bizarre. And in the middle, we have Ukrainian citizens being fiscally raped, right? They are maiming them. They ripped their religion and created a new church. Right? It's always with these religions, man. They weaponize them. They change them. They invent them. Like in the 1400s, they invented a religion to take down empires that they didn't like, you know, like the Greek empire got a little bit liberal. So it's their fault. If they would have maintained the walls might have been different, but that's what they do. And then they create these inquisitions to remove them all after they created this fake really. That's what they do. They create it. It's manufactured. One God. Christianity was never created. Christianity, not Catholicism or Lutheran or Protestant or whatever. What is it? Presbyterian. Those were created. Christianity in its, in its center, in its core, manifested on its own. People understood it. People felt it.
people could breathe it and feel it. We need to get back to that core and get rid of these manufactured ideas because they build walls in front of our eyes where we can't see. It's the cataracts. That's what we should call it, cataracts, all foggy and stuff, to the point that we can't see facts anymore. We can't see truths anymore. This is the best position for them to have. Fast access to Kazakhstan, which is very important. And one thing you got to remember is that most of the money that the European Union funnels through is via Ukraine to Kazakhstan. Ukraine. That is where the Russia dossier was created. Forget the little side tidbits and everything. Five Eyes was in on it. Of course they were. Uh, they're all fighting for control of that landmass. That's why they were so salty about Crimea. Having seen the vote myself, the people in Crimea wanted to stay with a good relationship to Russia, kind of being independent. I mean, it's really hard to get out of a union that was so long. It is. And they wanted to be a little bit different, but not really. Ukrainians felt the same. So what did Obama do? Let's just send some of our National Guardsmen on opposite sides, get them riled up. Soros dumped a lot of money. And if you see the pictures in Ukraine and compare them to the ones of the protests here, you're going to see they look absolutely identical. This is one of the greatest shows on earth that you're watching. You are actually an actor and a player in this Truman show because Truman created China. <laughs> totally ironic that they use that verbiage, Truman show, right? Truman show. So what's truth? What's false? What's fiction? <laughs> I guess now it's in the eyes of the beholder. How much cataracts do you have? That's what you have to ask yourself. How much can you see? That's the thing. They don't want you to see. They want you to sit there and take it spoon-fed by them. The NSA holds the keys to the kingdom. Every single text, call, email you send, search, whatever, they are on top of it. Ask yourself, if the NSA was actually looking out for the people of the United States of America, why have they allowed companies like Google to attach themselves to our underwater upstream lines. Why are they creating a bifurcation of our upstream communications to Taiwan? Why is this being allowed? Cut the cord. I say cut the cord, build the wall, and we're good. Well, on that note, guys, I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. Stay tuned because things are about to get real hot till the end of the month. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio.